This week on the Digital Marketing Scoop, it is all about search engine optimization, SEO. We've gone back on the archives on our podcast and pulled out all the great tips and tricks that people have given us over the years on search engine optimization. Really hope you enjoy this episode. Now, there is an absolute rake of information out there um, on SEO, a lot of it good, a lot of it bad. Um, but the way I always try and break it down is to think about, okay, how does Google actually rank websites when you break it down to its simplest form? Um, and the way they do that is they look at the site, they see the content that's on your site, and then they look at, okay, is this content good? Is it bad? And they look at the links coming in from other websites to that content to see it as almost kind of a, a vote that that content is good. So if you have links coming in from like really very good, very authoritative websites to your content, that's going to help your ranking. Um, that is at its simplest, most base level, essentially, how Google ranks your website yeah i mean it has a <laughs> you could we could be here for an entire week going through <laughs> everything they take into consideration um but at the very most basic level that would be it's yeah. stripped, stripped completely back um obviously look there's just huge amounts of factors that come in there's page speed and there's there's how you've structured your your metadata um there's structured data is a whole other area to go into yeah. but i suppose what i'd like to do today is just kind of break down the, the process, I I think, is uh, it's something you can use, first of all, um, and implement. Um, and it's something you can see results from reasonably quickly. Yeah. Um, uh, the way people often start off with SEO is they go, okay, these are my keywords. And the first thing I would always say to them is, how do you know those are your keywords? Yeah. How do you know that those keywords are the ones that are going to convert traffic into leads or contra- yeah. convert traffic into sales um, because we all in our own mind for our own business we all have this idea of what the best keywords are that we that we should be up there for yeah so look what what we love to do here is, is start off with google ads make sure all our tracking is set up correctly so we know where what keywords leads are coming from what keyword sales are coming from and after time of running your Google Ads campaign, you're going to pull out your your uh, search terms report, and you're going to be able to see the specific terms that actually led to the leads and sales that you generated. Yeah. And there is no better data than your own data um, to be able to tell you which keywords you need to start targeting yeah. for SEO. The SEO world is shrouded in this weird kind of weird ass mystery, and um, it is the worst for this this these misconceptions that can happen. Yeah. No, it is a hundred percent, and I mean. You go way back and it was all about people buying links yeah. and buying as much links as possible to the website and then keyword stuffing and stuffing the keywords out to the page. Yeah. And you know what? Many, 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 many years ago, that did work for a little yeah, bit. Absolutely. But, but, but I mean, if I go to my LinkedIn inbox, there are still every single day people guaranteeing me number one spots. With, yeah, uh, we're doing. Why aren't you forest. taking them, man? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I should outsource all my work to these people because these are <laughs> fucking amazing. Um, 
no, it, it, and it's true. And you know, the, the number uh, of people that say, I'm, I, I'm, I build links in this way, and I'm going, do you realize who you're talking to? When you send these spam messages to me on LinkedIn, do you actually look at my profile and go, hey, he might actually know what he's talking about. So I'm not gonna say that I create all of these links from these farms, and I, there's thousands of them, and they'll get you number one spot. And you know, they're from Amazon, and they're from Facebook, and they're from Google themselves will link back to you. You fuck off. You do. Just have a little bit of common sense when you're doing these things. But, you know, all of that and all of the advice that goes around it, you know, it's not just the spam messages that get sent around. There's advice that gets sent around from, from agencies and experts and fucking gurus and shit like that that say, that say this thing and the other. And I'm not saying all of it, but some of it certainly Actually, no, I'm going to take that back. A large proportion of it is absolute bullcrap. Because usually, and I, I wrote a blog post about this where I talked about SEO soundbites, okay? Soundbite SEO advice. Uh, and that's, I think that's one of the most damaging things that you can, you can provide a lot of advice when it comes to SEO. You can say this, but usually it's in the form of a soundbite. So it's like, hey, get all your meta descriptions sorted and you'll rank number one. And I'm sitting back and going, well, I know that's fucking bullshit. Yeah, meta descriptions help. They help with click through and they help with this and they help with that. But they don't want to fucking help you with number one number one rank. You need to provide some context to, to your advice. You need to not just say one sentence and expect... Well, of course, it gets people excited. You know, I work with a lot of, um, a lot of bloggers and they'll say you know, they pick up this kind of thing because they're not going to go to courses and they're not going to do this and do that uh, in terms of trying to learn this stuff, um, which can be quite expensive. So they really grab onto this SEO advice and they also, they've all got their communities. They've all got their pods of communities. So this bullshit kind of just swirls around this ecosystem and community of uh, community of people where they go, well, Karen said that if I do my meta descriptions, then I'm going to be number one spot for, you know, this yeah. product and it's just not going to happen and the thing about it as well is that it's so dangerous like i i know of a legal firm i won't mention who but they a few year, years back they bought backlinks and ended up with a ton of backlinks from porn sites and mm -hmm. that is not ideal for your legal firm <laughs> and it's... especially now like all of those backlinks are just like null and void like mm. you know it's i mean what i will say law firms you know they don't have any sense of humor either which really doesn't help in that situation when you're talking to them saying hey we've just battling your site with porn i mean sometimes you do it for no <laughs> just to make an interesting client meeting you know no but you're absolutely right um you know it, it, it can be a very very dangerous thing to do i think the thing as well people try and make seo sexy while in fact it's the most boring thing in the world if you're going out you need to produce really helpful content good content that's actually going to help people that people are going to want to engage with and share that's not as sexy as do this change to your website and it's good so you're going to go to number one it, <laughs> you're right because there are there are a lot of sexy marketing tools now okay you know we now live in this modern world where video marketing is really really hot content you know content marketing in general is kind of hot and sexy in terms of we can create really good um content now in the form of instagram stories and instagram posts and snapchat and, and tiktok now which is now you know absolutely exploding because everyone's stuck in their houses um just dancing to shit um but you know <laughs> that that content marketing is really sexy and SEO is really not fucking sexy but at the end of the day SEO is still and will be for a long time to come until someone something you know and it's not going to be another search engine but something knocks Google off its pedestal um, 
it will still be so powerful in terms of inbound marketing channel and route. Uh, and that's going to happen for a long time to come. And it takes, you know, the problem I think with SEO is a lot of the, um, misconceptions come from, again, like I said, this advice and what people are not doing is explaining the kind of backstory. You know, you need to have a certain level of understanding on what, the hell Google is, how it operates, how it works. You know, if you were to do a family fortunes kind of a survey out on the street and you asked a hundred people, how do Google rank all of the websites in the world? I will bet you the answers would be absolutely terrifying um, because they'll probably say, well, there's some guy in the background sort of every time you type, type a search query and they're probably just quickly grabbing all the websites <laughs> and shoving them onto it. A little nerd in the basement somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and I bet that's that's the case and, and having that understanding that actually we'll know it's an algorithm and it works on these basis and we don't know everything about it but what we do know is they're providing what google essentially want to do is provide the best value to the to their users regarding the search queries that they type in um you know then things like backlinks from porn sites or backlinks from from uh, from link farms and stuff like that will start to click in people's heads and they'll go well if Google just want to provide the best value to their users, then maybe this isn't the way to go or maybe creating 20,000 different variations of pages for the 20,000 variations of this one keyword, because I want to try and rank for every single variation isn't the way to go. And maybe creating one really stellar, awesome piece of content for this particular keyword or this particular phrase um, is actually the way to go because that's going to provide more value to my users. And I think the mindset of just separating, Separating Google from user is really, really important as well because I think some people just really want... I think there's some um, inbuilt kind of um, uh, want and desire in us to confuse computers and to be able to get one up on a computer. So if people can say, well, you know, you can trick Google into ranking you number one if you do this little trick or into doing this this little tweak on your website or, hey, put this plugin on your WordPress site and it will, it will help you. You know, we like that because we think that we're getting one up on the system and we're tricking Google a little bit. So maybe they like that a little bit. You want to write for your users. You want to write for your customers. You want to write for your clients. You, you want to provide content that's going to answer their questions and help them yeah. um, because that's what they're going to be searching in Google. Um, there, there was a time, you know, where you stuff keywords into articles and <laughs> yeah. tag loads of keywords in the back end and it could maybe a long time help. ago potentially help, <laughs> yeah. but does not help anymore. So any anything with you know, I need to stuff all my keywords into this article or into into the title. That that yeah. that uh, that that doesn't really work, um, unfortunately. I know. I uh, remember. Well, actually, quite fortunately, because the results are are a lot better now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I remember even a few years ago, I was learning SEO, and they were just telling me, you know, get these keywords in like thirty times into this like text, <laughs> and I was just like, how do I fit this in? Like, this doesn't even make sense. I'm just like writing like yeah. i don't know the keyword again and again in random sentences and it was yeah. just like you, nobody wants to read that then <laughs> you know <laughs> like i know there's the thing like keywords are a factor but like if nobody wants to read it then it's useless so it's valuable content that they want basically valuable content that is going to answer people's questions that they are searching 
and that they will share um, because that's going to bring links back to your website as well if they're sharing the content, which is going to help improve your rankings. Yes, exactly. Um, and well, and another note as well is to publish like new content, fresh content that's unique regularly. and kind of more consistent. Yeah. Because um, you can see like some of the, your articles might be three or four years old. Yes, they answer great questions, but they're getting kind of old now just to refresh all your content every now and again and get new unique content up. Definitely, especially like if you have... Um, a blog post ranking really well that you know could be four or five years old yeah um and you know it's talking about uh, i don't know let's say top five digital marketing tips for 2016 you're like yeah hey, we'll, we'll we'll refresh this we'll uh, for uh for our for 2020 2021 2021 <laughs> <laughs> i know it's uh, it's february we're still not used to 2021 we're like oh <laughs> uh so yeah no i mean updating your your content is is important as well to keep to keep it relevant um as well a tip i we did here with, with a client um basically we we wanted to rank organically around a particular product sector yeah. so within the site was built on wordpress so what we did was we created loads of content around the products in that sector um and so we had a category page with all the content on it. And we optimized that category page for more the broader keyword on that sector. Mm -hmm. um, and then all the individual content within it were really, really niche around like individual elements of all those products. I'm being vague here now, so I just don't want to give away the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the client. The client. <laughs> <laughs> but, but what we did was so we maybe 50, 60 articles, all really good content reviewing the different products helping people around those products mm -hmm. but then there was one top level category where all that content was and it was all searchable and everything and they ended up ranking really really well over time and i suppose yeah. that's the other thing to be aware of people think oh my website's alive i'm not ranking seo is a long process yeah. is about yeah. producing the content on an ongoing basis um answering your customers questions you know with your content um and as you said, providing valuable, valuable content to them. So yeah. it is not something that's going to be an overnight um, success. Like with that particular client, that we're working with them like seven years. Years, yeah. Um, and if it, it, you know, long term SEO certainly, certainly does does pay off. But it, it is not the the short term fix. If you yeah. want the short term fix, we that's where that's where Google Ads comes in. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we need to start thinking of this as a search engine. You know, it's not search engine optimization anymore. It's it's an answers engine, and that's what we're providing. And and users are the people that need answers. Um, so if you're writing your content, if you're building your website out or creating a sitemap for your website and you're thinking about how you can answer the key questions of your customers, of your users, um, and that's the way that you need to think about it rather than thinking, well, you know, I need to rank for this keyword and I need to, because this has got all this volume behind it. And I, if I create this page, then I'm going to do that. And I suppose we need to stop thinking that even don't even think of it of I'm going to do this for Google 50%. I'm going to do this for my users 50%. Let's start thinking about this because I'm going to do this for my users 75% and this for Google 25%. So let's have that 25% of our brain thinking about Google rather than the 50% of our brain thinking about Google when we're building our websites or when we're creating our content. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice way of putting it, I think, yeah. Because, um, I mean, at the end of the day, you do come along and you know, we see ourselves with clients and again, they've seen all the, the information that's out there with regards to SEO and they'll 
have a local area and they'll want to create a page for every local area yeah. with the exact same duplicate content mm-hmm. across everything, but just change the name of the area. So they'll try and rank for you. Like, no, no, that, that, that's not good. It's terrible, isn't it? Because it's been around. It's been around for so long, and and as we've seen so many sites that do. And do you know what? Like you alluded to before, Mark. You know, it it did used to work in the past, and and so I think another element of this is making um, customers and clients understand and um, that things do change. You know, and this this whole process, this algorithm, this arc of the covenant does change a little bit and and, and adapt a little bit because users change and our behaviors change. Um so it's keeping them up to date with that. And I think sometimes if people learn something ten years ago, it's learnt, you know, it's like what they learnt at school. The curriculum hasn't really changed in twenty years. So why should the SEO curriculum change <laughs> in twenty years either? Um, and so I think a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs, they just think, well, I've learned this twenty years ago, therefore it still must be fact, it still must be true. And they're not updating their learning with the way that things move forward. Yeah, for sure. And I that actually <laughs> makes me laugh a little bit because when I I finished my master's last year and the SEO module, the lecturer at the start actually said, by the time you're finished this module, it's probably going to be like null and void, but let's get cracking anyway. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's crazy because I, 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 I do always think this because I obviously you have to employ people now. Um, and I've, I'm a, I'm to, I hire a lot of um, apprentices and I hire a lot of sort of um uh, experienced people as well and when I hire apprentices I have to sort of depress them into, because I think when they when they're an apprentice they just want to learn something and then be good at it and then it's an easy life from there for but I have to sort of depress them by saying you know you're going to be learning this for like ever don't you you know this, you're not going to stop doing this I'm not going to stop making you go and watch this webinar or read this blog article or go to this conference or uh, whatever you know it's always going to be there I'm really sorry about it but um, I suppose it's just a mental attitude but you know I'm I'm very fortunate that I get to employ people that just love to learn and uh, and take that uh, take all that on board. But yeah, it doesn't stop. It'll never stop. And um, hey, you know, it'd be fucking boring otherwise, wouldn't it? It's part of the fun. Yeah, yeah. it's part of the fun. <laughs> yeah, and that's a tough question now if you're hiring a digital marketing executive at some stage. Do you like to learn? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you like do you like to learn? Do you like to spend at least two hours of your day just going through the endless blog articles that come through? You know, I have to have. I have to sort of have, um, obviously you onboard staff now. And part of my onboarding is sort of saying, now you need to set up a Feedly account because that's where I have my source of knowledge. My Feedly account just pulls all of my, you know, search engine journal stuff and all that kind of, you know, all those blogs, Moz blogs, all go in there. Just have that and just for two hours a day, just go through and read it and keep the rest of it. Because I'll tell you what, if you don't do it for a week, you almost out of step, you know, and I used to, um, it's another thing about the algorithm updates as well. You know, we used to have major massive algorithm updates, Penguin and Panda and Pigeon and all that kind of stuff, but that doesn't happen anymore, probably because they ran out of words beginning with P, but it doesn't happen anymore because they're so frequent and they're so constant. And let's be honest, algorithm updates aren't events anymore. They constantly happen. They happen every day. They're just sort of subsetted into this subset of, um, you know this type of query or within this this particular vertical it's always constantly fluxing and changing and we just have to keep abreast of that mm. i think that's that's probably some good good advice for people as well who are if if they're not working with an agency or anything like that but they're running their own website and they they want to try and keep up to date and stuff rather than you know 
finding the, the latest guru or whatever, go to those trust, more trusted sources and set up a Feedly account and have your information flow into you that way. I think that's a really nice way of actually getting good information in the industry. Yeah, no, it is. And that's, I, I did a blog article on my blog. Um, obviously, we, we all went into lockdown and is an opportunity for everybody to sort of um, learn something and learn a new skill. And so I decided, well, I'll do lockdown learning. But in terms, so I thought, well, I'll do lockdown learning um, where you can learn about SEO. And then I thought, well, shit, there's so much SEO shit out there and that is SEO information out there and not all of it is sort of qualified. So I thought, well, I'll go out and I'll source all of these, you know, um, individual resources. You know, Moz has made their resources free and their training free, which is generally quite good advice if it is only at a beginner level and um, all that kind of stuff and just pull it into one place because I think the difficulty with learning SEO at the moment is trying you know we all as sort of experienced people in this field now have almost got a bullshit filter built into our brains where we're going well that could be right or that could be bullshit and sometimes we have to go and check it and uh, you know and um, implement it on a site maybe and see if it has any impact Uh, but most of the time we kind of know when we go no no, that's not right. That's, that's, fake that's, SEO news. Yeah, precisely. <laughs> fake SEO news. I have to really sometimes, because I do worry. I do worry sometimes because I try and sort of call people out as much as I can when I, I see this kind of stuff. And um, I have to do worry that I'm going down this Trump route of just saying fake news to everything. <laughs> saying no, no, no. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not doing that anymore. If you're doing an SEO kind of audit of your of your own website yeah. the things that you should start looking at the th- um, and the things that you should start doing so for me look that always we start uh, seo i always actually start with google ads which i know sounds strange uh but it for me you have to know what keywords are actually going to convert into sales yeah. so once you've done that we'll say you have your 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 keywords established that you want to rank for um the most important thing is to make sure google can actually reach your site yeah. and index your website yeah um it's 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 extremely important i mean if your website isn't indexed with google you're you're not ranking for anything yeah simple. Yep. yeah um so a very simple way to do this is to set up what's called google search console um once you have that set up on your website google will come back telling you everything that's indexed everything that it hasn't been able to access so you can see then okay what particular um uh, areas need need to be worked on. One thing actually that that does happen occasionally, especially in WordPress, is this little button the telling that telling people. Button. Yeah, that little button that uh, tells Google not to index your website, and people are wondering, oh, why why is why is my website not appearing in search results? So within within WordPress, there is actually a little button to tell Google to not index your website. So you know, make sure that's that's unchecked if you're uh, yeah. if you want Google to to index your site. Step one. Step one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So kind of step two. Then okay, Google's indexed my site. Okay, where am I ranking? Yeah. So your brand name, your keywords that are important to your business. Yeah. Where are you ranking for those keywords right now? Yeah, I think brand name especially is important because if you're not ranking for your brand name, that's that's alarm bells pretty quickly, yeah. especially if you have an obscure business name. Um, like if, if your business name is a, is related to a generic term, yes, I wouldn't be as worried about it. But if, if you have an obscure or kind of an unusual business name, not even an unusual, but one that doesn't kind of relate to everyday conversation or something that people would be searching for other things for, 
you should be ranking in the top three. Yeah, and I mean, look, it's, it's hugely important, especially we would say if you've, you know, sales reps out on the road, they're handing out business cards, the first thing person does, they go to Google and they type yeah. in the brand name and there's something else appearing ahead of you that's going to potentially confuse that customer. Yeah. Um. So obviously, look, the the very minimum someone types your brand name into Google, you want to you want to be up on the top there. Yeah. Um. One thing you can do that can make that quite quickly is to register your business on Google My Business. Yeah. Um. So you're just marking your business's location on Google Maps, putting your business name in there, and straight away you're going to have a much better chance of of uh, coming up when people do search your brand. Yeah, exactly. Especially if people are searching um, location wise closer to your business, because it'll it'll take into consideration the location yeah. of the business as well. Um, so the next thing then, okay, we found the keywords we want to rank for. We've established where we are positioned for them. Yeah. So the next thing is to look at our site and go through the some of the on-page factors that are potentially affecting your ranking. Yeah. One common mistake I see a lot is that in the, the title tag of your website is hugely important. And people will have the same title tag across every page of the website. Yeah. Um, so your let's say your business sells widget A, and that's your main product, but you also have widget B, C, and D. And on the pages for widget B, C, and D, it's still talking about widget A in the title tag. Yeah. So it's, it's extremely important to make sure that your title and your description tags are customized to the content on each page of your website. Yeah. And even the, uh, the, the, I mean, like you have your H1, your H2, your H3, and just making sure that you actually have it, the page structured properly. So you yeah. have your your header title, you have your, any paragraphs you have that they're, they have proper headings, making sure that you're actually a really good thing about this as well as if you're looking at it, you may as well structure a lot of your paragraphs into kind of question answers especially with voice search coming forward. Yep. Um, so just Good make for structure that as well. Yeah, yep. exactly. So just make sure that you, you are providing quality information in a really structured way. The more structured it is, the easier it is for Google. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we'll say you've, you've done all that now. You've, you've optimized all your, your content um, or the, the tags and the structure of them all. Um, next thing to really have a look at is the speed of your website. Um, it is a very important ranking factor and it's very um, important for the, the user experience. Yeah. And we, we did a, a podcast, I think, just on site speed actually a, yeah. a while back. Um, so if, 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 that, if you are having issues with the speed of your site, go, go have to listen to that podcast. Uh, but one thing you can do straight away is to go to GT Metrics, pop your website in there and it will spit back a lot of the problems that you're having on, on your site with regard yeah. to speed. Yeah, and usually a lot of them will, like we said before, it'll be quick fixes for a lot of them. And But if there is bigger issues, that's time to flag a developer to come in and take a look or your own developer, yeah. It gets worse at an enterprise level because typically you have more fingers all over the dials, yeah? You've okay. got more fingerprints all over the place. There's loads of different people in the CMS adding stuff, changing stuff. You know, adding, you know, the person that adds case studies is not the same person that adds, um, you know, the typical content on a service, on a, on, a, on a service page, for example. So you have more fingerprints all over the place. So that's where it's really important for us as an agency to make sure that when we were doing that process, we were making sure, okay, how do we make sure that things like that don't happen again? Because there's going to be so many people. How can we 
quote unquote dummy proof the website, you know, make it the best user experience for a back end, not just a front end to ensure that we're make, uh, keeping the website future proof for years to come. And in that case, that's where we start implementing, like I just mentioned, server side um, image optimization or conversion to, to pull those things out. Um, but there are other things as well that we just, you know, people forget that websites are quite living, breathing things. You know, a static website doesn't really exist anymore and they change quite a lot and people ask for new things. So it's important that you can't just do this process once a year. Well, you can probably do it once a year, but you can't just do it once on your website and then expect it to work. You really have to do this process quite a few times because any changes, new features that you've added to that website may in fact incur some kind of issues in terms of web optimizations, new jobs, JavaScript, for, exa for example, can be introduced onto a page and that can cause issues because JavaScript can only be loaded in a certain amount, in a certain way, typically. And again, I hope none of my developers are listening, but developers are quite lazy. Okay. They'll build something really quickly and then they might not think, oh, how about, how's this going to affect loading? So you have to have those conversations. So typically, to, to put this into context, what happens when we do these audits is there's me sat on a call and my lead developer sound a call and I will sit there with the lead developer and I'll go through, you know, just your typical web audits. And I advise anybody to do this. If you're worried about your user experience um, and your web experience on your website, then go and use PageSpeed Insights. It is the best tool. I still don't understand people use the G GT matrix and stuff like that. Why, why do that? Um, use Google's own because Google's the one that cares. Um, and if they tell you to do something, then do something. Um, so go and use WebSpeed and just start putting pages in. Don't just put your homepage in. Your homepage is a different kettle of fish than every other page. Take, my advice is just identify what your main templates are, okay? So you might have your homepage, your contact page, your service page, your product page if you're e-com, your category page if you're e-com. Take your templates. Um, and even for this enterprise, what we discovered when I did this enterprise one, we had about 10 templates. It's not huge. It's not a huge amount. Um, we run all of those through uh, PageSpeed Insights, and we saw what the results came out. We we started to you know go through those results bit by bit and identify uh, what those issues are. And then the process after that, once you've identified them, is one you'll end up identifying global things. Yeah, these are things that might be in your header or your footer or a part of the infrastructure of the website. If you identify a global improvement, then quids are in because you've um, basically means you, if you fix it once, you don't have to fix it on every other template. So what we identified with this um, enterprise level, and I'm not going to name them because I don't want to embarrass them, um, is that we found when it was built, that's it. I've been only embarrassing my developers anyway. When it was built, all the JavaScript was compiled into one file. Um, so it was it was basically this is a big JavaScript file, and it was done that, it was done in that way to kind of help with performance in its own way. It was trying to make sure that we're not trying to download multiple files all at the same time. It's trying to download one and then. It, it's done and it can be cached and all of that kind of uh, all of that kind of thing. But actually, what we're finding is actually we could probably break out this file into not all of its individual elements, but certain segments of elements, and go, okay, well, this only needs to load here. This needs to load right at the end. It doesn't need to load right at the start of the loading process, and that kind of thing. And doing that process is quite involved because then you'd be talking about a lot. But because it was so global and it was on every single page. Um, we typically found that that fix, which was 
one to two hours to reformat all those JavaScript files. Um, you know, decrease page load speed by a couple, you know, even a couple of seconds in some instances, depending on the page. Yeah. Um, so it was really an effective means of doing it. If you can find global things, that's great, but you've equally got to find the, the small things as well. And in this case, we're only talking about web page speed. And that's not just the only thing we're talking about when it comes to this Google experience. No. And, but you did, you, I think you hit on a really important point there when people are using tools like GTmetric, PageSpeed, Insights, they put in the homepage, nothing else, they yep. put in the homepage, that looks good, yeah, good yeah. to go. And even e-commerce site, you're like, your product pages are like so, like so important and that's where you're going to have all the big images, maybe the videos yes. of the product, embedding iframes from YouTube, you know, there's going to be so, so much content on those pages and they're the ones that, you know, need to, you really need to look at. Yeah. And if people, if people have used those tools before, go put your other pages into them. Exactly. <laughs> really important to put those pages in. You can't just, you can't just assume that your website is your homepage because it's yeah. not. And I don't, I think people don't understand that pages, these insights just looks at a page by page. Okay. Cause it just asks for the domain. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of confusing, but yeah, putting, putting loads of pages, another example, you know, we uh, we saw in a, in a this this was not our website. I should stress this in in this case because we were look. I was looking at it for someone that was coming on board with us, but it was not our website. And we we did the same thing where we we're looking at a category a category page, like you said. So this is a page which has got. Um, you know, lots of products on there and it's got lots of pictures on there because there's 30, 40 products all on there. The problem with that page, it was it was loading terribly slowly and we couldn't really get our heads around it. And they were questioning why is our conversion rate or our click through rate like really, really low. Um, the problem was is that all of those pictures, the little tiny pictures, they were like 150 uh, pixels by 150 pixels, but they were not loading 150 pixels. They were loading a thousand and fifty, you know, 500 pixels by a thousand, 500 pixels. So they were loading 10 times the amount of size that they needed to because, and then they were just being shrunk down into this little box. And then there was 30 of them all on a page. So it was grinding everything to a halt. So things like that, that's a really easy thing to sort out. You know, if you know what you're doing and you can do it, it's a really easy thing to sort out to make sure you're just compressing those images down on the server side, um, having all of those images, depending on what resolution you've got. And then and then pulling pulling those through quick, easy job and massive, massive savings in terms of page speed. If we're looking at like, um, obviously, the overall page speed is important, but one of the things is the how quickly as in first input, basically, yeah. how quickly it, the site comes up for the user that initial other things can be loading in yes. the back end, as you say, you know, you can have JavaScript to load later on, but mm -hmm. it's that that first input. So how long it takes that person to actually interact with the site. And they've yeah. broken all that down into, um, I can't remember the three of my fan, first input, cumulative layout shift, and there's one other one that is- Largest contentful paint. Largest the, content. Yeah, yeah. so they, they've broken these out. So Google has always given us, well, sorry, no. Google have never said implicitly, this is the rules that you have to follow. We've had a rule of thumb. That's been your site needs to load within three seconds, which is which is fluffy and nothing. And we've kind of had rumors to say, oh, well, it, oh, page speed only really affects the bottom 10%, all that kind of stuff. It doesn't really mean anything. So for Google to come out 12 months in advance, now 18 months in advance, and say, hey, these are your three rules, and we're even going to give you some specific numbers to go along with them. I would sort of sit up and listen, because 
if history is to tell us anything, Google never tell anybody Jack. <laughs> uh, and never tell anybody, they won't tell anybody Jack 18 months in advance. Okay, that's unheard of. Okay. Um, even, you know, major algorithm, we, we don't really get major algorithm updates anymore. We had, um, we kind of have, we have these core web core algorithm updates every so often, and they're tiny, and they're insignificant. And clearly, this is Google's way of sort of drip feeding things through. We've not had a major core algorithm update for oh, years. You know, Panda, Penguin, all the peas, they've all gone, <laughs> been and gone. Um, we don't get them anymore. So, for Google to turn around and say, these are your three rules and we're going to give you specific numbers in which to meet, I specifically would really stand up and listen to that um, because I think it's really cool. And look, Google, if you read their documentation of Google, they'll say, oh, it won't affect everybody. It'll only affect a small. It will. Okay. I can assure you it really will because I am shocked. I'm still shocked to this day, the amount of websites that I look out and realize just quite how slow these websites are. Um, and now that we've got PageSpeed Insights and we can see the information about CLS and uh, and FID and uh, and all of those metrics, uh, large, largest contentful paint, you can see how far off the mark a lot of them are. So it's I implore you to go and check uh, check out your website. And again, like I said, don't just look at the homepage; look at a series of pages because for us to have these very specific rules in the SEO world is completely <laughs> unheard of. We don't get rules in the SEO world. That's why we're all cowboys. No, we're not. Um, <laughs> it's it, it's we don't get them. So to have them is really really important. And really, if we're going to do anything, we should follow those rules. Brilliant. So, man, if you were to break down, you know, for small kind of people listening to this, kind of generally kind of, you know, small business owners, um, people in marketing departments, they've probably never looked at this side of things before. If you were to kind of say, okay, guys, here's look a couple of steps right now. Here's what you should go off. Here's what you should go and do that can hopefully maybe get you some quick wins on this on this side of things what would you what would you say to them that's a good question number one you need to understand what you're dealing with um you know it's the audit process so like i said go away and put your website a, a couple of your website main template pages and it's like you said before mark the main landing page of a website is not the home page okay unless it's branded and if you are thinking, oh, I really need to rank for my branded term, then you're mad, okay? <laughs> because in most cases, you don't have to. The major landing page for your website is not the homepage. So just putting in the homepage and going, oh, we're fine, is the worst thing that you can do. Like you said, major landing pages are things like category pages in e-commerce. Like you said, product pages in e-commerce, things like that. So service pages in e-commerce are going to be the ones that create, uh, uh, sorry, service pages on normal sites, for example, lead gen sites. They're going to be the ones that acquire the most valuable traffic for you. So you need to be putting in these pages and only you only need to do it template-wise. So if you've got five services say, don't put in every service page. They're all going to be much of a muchness. You know, things like how many words are on a page or how many pictures it has, things like that, it won't really have an effect. If you've got an issue with images and pictures, it will tell you. So don't think about putting every single one in. But put your major templates into PageSpeed Insights. Do that and see what comes out. It's generally in plain English, okay? There's some technical terminology in there. If you don't understand it, source someone who knows what they're talking about. Um, or reach out and ask us, and I'm more than well happy to decode any page speed insights on LinkedIn or anything like that. I'm more than happy to do that. 
Um, but go and find out what you're dealing with. And then in certain cases, there are a lot of things that you can do. The first one, if you're see, seeing, you know, certain server things pop up in your um, reports, go and talk to your web hosting provider and see what they say, see what recommendations they make. You are paying for the service. So you, unless you are paying for a subpar service, um, then you shouldn't expect a subpar service. So go and ask them because they will just keep you on whatever you know, metal that they have put you on. They will try and avoid moving you around if they are at all possible. So go and ask them. I suppose just one thing from that side of things as well is depending on the content management system you're on, you can get hosting that's specifically built and optimized for your particular content for your content management system as well, which will make a massive, massive difference. Absolutely, because you want everything to work in unison as much as possible. You know, we do a lot of work on Umbraco and, you know, for Umbraco, we have to use the Azure, the Azure network by Microsoft. The Azure network by Microsoft works with Umbraco in such a nice way, it, you know, it, it, and produces those results for us. Uh, it's the same with, with the majority of the web is on WordPress and you can get hosting, which is specifically orientated towards being on WordPress and optimized in such a way. So yes, you should be looking into that. Um, the, the other big one is typically images like we've discussed. You know, take a look at the size of those images. If you're working on WordPress, there are things that will, there are plugins that allow you to, um, that will allow you to sort of help with that regard. Another thing on WordPress, by the way, because I have worked on WordPress, a lot of WordPress sites in this case, even though we don't work on WordPress as an agency, um, I've just done this as sort of friendly advice be wary about your plugins. The largest issue that I see about site speed is plugins, even disabled plugins. You think they're not doing anything. They bloody well are, okay? <laughs> you should be getting rid of them. And if you're not using a plugin, it's not active in terms of actually using it on your site, don't keep it active and don't keep it on your on your site. Get rid of them. The amount of times that I've logged into a friend or a blogger that you know website and i've just gone in and removed some plugins and it's had a massive effect all yeah. you're doing there is it's like ivy on a wall you know it's just seeping its roots into the very core brick of your website and slowly rotting it away and slowing it down its integrity is completely kaput that's what plugins in the large space plugins are doing and be careful about you know, not, not you know, unknown plugins and stuff like that. They not only are they going to have site speed implementations because, like I said, developers are a bit lazy. <laughs> also, they can be a massive security risk as well. So, look overall, I suppose for our, for our SEO, the the process is this: find the keywords. We like to use Google Ads because you know those keywords are going to work well. Yeah. Make sure your site is fast and user friendly. Make sure the content on it is highly related to your keywords. Um, where you have gaps in content, start producing content around those keywords you want you want to rank for, um, and then you know pu push that content out there through all the all the social platforms, through all the blog blogging platforms, um, and that's I suppose at its most basic level, that is is what you need to be doing to to bring up your your organic rankings within Google. Yeah. Um, look, there's there's a whole area we could start looking we could start looking at structured data and looking at product listings and there's there's a a lot that could be done there but at its most basic level i always say know what keywords are selling and generating leads yeah. and start producing content around them and just make sure your site is running fast and is user-friendly and that yeah. your content is good yeah definitely yeah 
Thanks for listening. That has been this week's episode of the Digital Marketing Scoop. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of the Digital Marketing Scoop. I really hope you enjoyed it. Um, If you haven't subscribed yet, please jump into your uh, Apple Podcasts, your Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever your favorite podcast platform is, and just make sure to to follow and subscribe. Also, if you'd like to leave a review, if you enjoyed the episode, I'd absolutely love for you to do that. We put out an episode every single week with digital marketing tips, case studies, ways to uh, build your business with digital marketing. Um, also, if you are interested in bringing your own business online or looking at um, scaling your business, we'd love to chat with you here at Click. You can visit us online at cliq.ie.